I want to start by asking you how you feel about instructions. Imagine you've done one of those dreaded IKEA shops. You've chosen your favorite Billy bookcase, and it comes the next day. Now, when it comes to instructions, I think there are two types of people. There are those who open up the box, they lay out everything in it, ticking it off as it goes. They slowly and carefully read the instructions and reread them, making sure everything is followed perfectly to the final detail. And at the end, they have something that is perfect. It's just like the Billy bookcase that they were meant to have. It's there, standing in all its discounted glory. And then there are the others, the others. Those who rip open the box, they let everything fall out, and over the next several hours, they bash things together until they have something that kind of resembles what they were meant to have. I think it's fair to say that instructions are not everyone's cup of tea. And today we're thinking about instructions. Instruction not on how to build a bookcase, but how to live a life that is pleasing to God. Over the previous few chapters, Paul has spoken repeatedly about the effect of the gospel on the life of the Thessalonians. Just flick back with me to chapter 1 and look down at verse 4. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. When Paul preached the gospel to the Thessalonians, he knew the gospel was at work because the Spirit was at work powerfully. He was convicting people of their need for repentance, their need for a savior, and their need to live a life pleasing to God. Every time the word is open, the Spirit is at work powerfully making us more like Jesus. Just look down at verse 10 for a concrete way they changed because the Spirit was working through the gospel. It says, they tell how you turned from idols to serve the living and true God. The gospel changed these people. They turned from fake gods to serve the true God. That is the power of the Spirit in action as the word is preached. The second half of verse 13 of chapter 2 says that the word of God is at work in you who believe. So we know the Thessalonians have the gospel. This gospel that is the word of God, that by the grace and spirit of God, their lives are being changed, their actions and attitudes are being changed. God's word shapes them to be people who please him. And this brings us to our first point, never stop growing. Just look again at verse 1 of chapter 4 with me. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are now living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. Paul is entering uh, the final section of his letter. He's encouraged them and reminded them of the gospel truths. 
And now he turns to this exhortation to live a life that is pleasing to God, a life that is more and more pleasing to God. So firstly, we see Paul reminding them that they've been instructed on how to live this life pleasing to God. As we've already thought about, instructions take time. I think Paul here is echoing what he said back in chapter 2, verse 8. This idea that when they shared the gospel, they also shared their lives with the Thessalonians. They loved the people there. They were like mothers to them. They were like fathers to them. These gospel-driven instructions were like the instructions of a father as he teaches his son how to ride a bike for the first time. Done with care and selfless love. The gospel Paul shared wasn't shouted at a distance. It was done with arms around them. It was done with tears and heartache. This gospel was shared with love. And it's good to notice Paul's encouragement in the verse. He reminds them that they have been instructed and then tells them that they are already living this life. We know from chapter 1 the gospel was powerfully at work and Paul again reminds them of this. He spoke these gospel instructions to them in the beginning, and they responded. And this should be an encouragement to us. When we see change in our lives, when we see growth, this is evidence that the gospel is at work. Only by the Spirit working in us, as the gospel is preached, can any change come about. We need to be reassured that the gospel works. But Paul doesn't leave it there. Like the father who isn't satisfied that his son managed all of three seconds on his bike without falling off, Paul encourages them to keep growing. Keep growing. Just look again at verse one. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. They're following what Paul said, but they can be more obedient. They can grow in their knowledge of how to live a life pleasing to God. Paul wants to encourage their good start, but remind them that it's only a start. The Christian life is not one of response to the gospel, job done, box ticked. No. It's a lifetime of doing more and more, of putting sin to death more and more, being more and more thankful for the gospel, being more and more like Jesus in our attitude, towards service, to church, to finance, to evangelism, to one another. The list could go on and on. Paul wants the Thessalonians to never stop growing. He's saying, yes, the Spirit worked in you. You responded to the gospel, and that is amazing. That is genuinely amazing. But now live out that gospel you responded to. As the gospel is preached, the Spirit is at work. They have the power of the third person of the Trinity working in them as the gospel is preached. And that's true for us. We have the third person of the Trinity working in our hearts as the Bible is spoken. <laughs> Isn't that good news? Change is hard. Following instructions is hard. But we don't do this just in our strength. God has promised help. He's promised to change us from the inside out. We can be people who more and more live lives that are pleasing to God. 
by God's grace at work in us, we can grow to be more like Jesus. And this is good news. And this good news we're going to respond to in the next section of our songs. As we think about our total dependence on God, and as we seek to change, to live lives that are pleasing to him. First section, we saw Paul's urging of the Thessalonians to live out the gospel more and more. And in verse 2, we're going to see the why. So just open your Bibles again if you close them. We're just going to look at verse 2 of chapter 4. So our second point is, because the gospel has authority. Never stop growing, because the gospel has authority. Just look at verse 2 with me. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Just notice with me in verse 1 how he urges them in the Lord Jesus. This life of pleasing God is one we have because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done and because of who he is. Paul urges them to live a life pleasing to God in the Lord Jesus. Then tells them to do it because, look at verse 2, the teaching and instructions they got were authoritatively given by the Lord Jesus. Do we see the Jesus-centric nature of what Paul is saying? The gospel they responded to is the gospel about Jesus. The life pleasing to God is the one lived in the Lord Jesus. The instructions that help us live out this life are given by the authority of the Lord Jesus. The gospel has authority because it's given by the Lord Jesus. Jesus, who is Lord, Lord of the whole universe, sat at the right hand of the Father. Just think about the Great Commission in Matthew 28 for a second. In it, Jesus tells his disciples to go and preach the gospel to all nations. But what is his, what is his reassurance to them? What is his reasoning? Well, he says this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. It is because he has authority that they can, can and should go and preach the gospel. In the same way, Paul says, live out this life pleasing to God more and more because Jesus is Lord and he's told you how. Isn't it great that we weren't left with nothing? Jesus has left us with his word. We saw that the other week in Hebrews in our morning series. We saw that how in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. Paul is reassuring the Thessalonians again in verse 2. He wants them to know that not only do they have the instructions to live a life pleasing to God, but they also have the assurance that those instructions came from the Lord Jesus, the Lord of the universe. The gospel we have is the apostolic gospel. The apostles who were commissioned by Jesus to go and spread the good news about him. The good news of his death, his resurrection, and his ascension to the seat of power. The message and instructions these Thessalonians had was not one made up by Paul or anyone else, but it was the message that Jesus gave them. 
leaders and pastors, this is a challenge to us. Is the message we preach in line with the, what the apostles wrote? What the apostles wrote by the authority of Jesus? Do we pass on the gospel message or are we tempted to distort it, to change it? And this applies to all of us in our evangelism. Are we tempted to change the gospel to make it more accepted? To just change little bits so people will listen to us? Or do we stick with the message given to us by Jesus? Are we challenged by the idea that the gospel has authority over our lives? Do we love the fact the Bible has authority and therefore changes how we live or do we refuse to accept it? When the gospel is preached, are we like the Thessalonians who accepted it as the word of God or do we merely think it is human words? Words we can ignore. Words that don't change our lives. Words that don't lead to a life more pleasing to God. Jesus has all authority. Jesus' words have all authority. As a church, we need to listen and obey to Jesus' words. We have seen that we need to never stop growing. We need to be people whose everyday lives are more and more shaped by the gospel. As we hear it preached from the front, and as we study it in different contexts, the authoritative words of Jesus should be making a difference to our lives. They should make our lives more and more pleasing to God. Paul is going to go on in the rest of this chapter to talk about the different ways the Thessalonians need to follow Jesus' instructions more. And we need to think about that in our lives too. Where are we not letting God's word change us? What are those sins we feel the Spirit convicting us of, but we resist the change? I know right now we all have that sin in mind, that sin we hold on to, that sin that we let fester in our hearts. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's how we treat our wives or our husbands or our children, or our parents. Maybe it's our attitude towards church and serving. Paul is calling us here in these verses to be people who are more and more obedient. And we need to be asking God to change us, to be changing us in those areas by his grace and through his spirit. We need to not let ourselves grow stale but keep on changing, keep conforming our lives to the gospel, and keep living out a life that is more pleasing to God. Let's pray together.